Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Uh, the big news for the Lakers in the trade market seems to be there isn't much percolating for the Lakers in the trade market. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you to everyone for making Lockdown Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. And Lockdown Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show happen. Uh, you can watch us. You can see all the fun that we're having here. And you, more importantly, you can participate uh, with a great Lakers community, uh, people who are commenting and participating in the show and talking to us. And we try to use all these comments uh, in the program itself. So it's a great way to interact with each other and the show. We really appreciate all the support we're getting there. Um, do want to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, so after the Lakers beat the Rockets on Monday, Andy, we had a lot of uh, a lot of talk uh, on, on our show for Monday about like whether or not help was coming. LeBron James is playing at an otherworldly level. The Lakers, as a group, are playing competitively against um, pretty much everybody. We yeah, clunkers here and there, but they're they're running with some of the better teams in the league, uh, even if they're not winning all of those games. And um, it's got a lot of fans really itching more than perhaps they were at the two and ten start to fix this enough to give this team a chance. And so I was, you know, I know both of us subscribe to Mark Stein's Substack, the great Mark Stein, NBA writer, and everybody should be subscribing to that one if you're not. Uh, I looked at his newest trade deadline kind of update thing, and granted, we're still about a month away. The word Lakers did not appear in it, which is really weird for, for these things because the Lakers are always part of trade rumors, Andy. Yeah, they're if nothing else, they're the leverage team. Like they're the way Los Angeles used to be in the NFL. So teams could threaten the city right, to build a new build stadium. A stadium. Yeah. So that, so they could stay. That's what LA has been. And the Lakers are always the team that if nothing else feels believable as a, not just a free agent destination, but also a trade partner, particularly if the player in question has any type of profile at all because that's what the Lakers look for. Yeah, and so what's what's kind of funny to me about it is it, it reflects, I think, a weird market. Like there's, it should be noted, it's not like there's like the Lakers being left out, but these huge rumors are flying around everywhere. But it's just it, it's it's that it's no leverage plays. And just a really quiet um, kind of set of circumstances. Like, there was a, a scenario, Andy, at the beginning of the year where the Lakers could certainly argue, and this is clearly what they chose to do, that if you wait a little bit, opportunities will pop up, things will happen. And there's a, there's a universe somewhere where teams that were supposed to suck have sucked and, you know, players are getting disgruntled and teams want to break it down and all the... What has happened for the Lakers this year in terms of creating the kind of market that would have made waiting on a trade better 
it's it's been it's been disastrous. It, it is currently mid January, about as bad a scenario as it could have happened. Whether you're talking about Utah still being competitive, whether you're talking about Indiana still being competitive, um, you know, no disgruntled stars. Brooklyn has put it back together. It really couldn't have gone much worse to this point. Well, I mean, this is in part what the play-in tournament was designed to do, like in terms of keeping teams around the league competitive. And as much as I'm sure the the league doesn't want too much of a good thing in this regard, because trade rumors are also really, really good for Mm -hmm. the league. And the league has decided, you can see the way they treat free agency, you can see the way they treat a lot of things, that the 24-7 rumor mill soap opera is really good for business. You know, sometimes it feels like fans pay more attention to the stories than the actual games until you get past the all-star break. Mm -hmm. But insofar as nothing breaking their way, at least for the time being, you're right. Like it, it could have seemed far-fetched. And I, I think we'd both be lying if we said we saw every single one of these scenarios breaking in the opposite direction as the Lakers wanted. Like, you know, it, it takes a lot to go wrong in that respect, but I know I, in the beginning of the season, was pretty cognizant of the idea of you don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. down the road. The best way you can control your fate is to control it right now if you have the opportunity to do it. Like, for example, the Miles Turner Buddy Heel deal that by a lot of accounts, the Lakers could have pulled the trigger on really right before media day and training camp opened. And, you know, they gave they gave themselves a theoretical opportunity to get some leverage over the Pacers, but they also gave the Pacers an opportunity to get some leverage over the Lakers or just lose interest in that altogether. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we've seen with Indiana, it's not necessarily like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is hurt and, uh, you know, things are... Are, you know, they're not on a four game apart. losing streak right. as of this recording, right? Because, in part, you know, how it got you know, when, when your best player gets hurt, that can happen. Um, but what they have shown is that the core that they have there with Halliburton and Miles Turner, who's only 26 and now has gone from, of course, he's going to be gone to they're talking about an extension, may or may not get worked out. But that he's been on the block for like four years at least, (laughs) you know. But Benedict Matherin and and all these other guys, like they have a core there. He's been very uh, good. Uh, you know, uh, Nemhard has been is really good for them. As excuse uh, me, that's what I meant. Nemhard, yeah, not um, yeah. And uh, he's nine, I think he's 19 or 20. Like they have a lot of good young players and have seen that the core of this team may not be the kind of thing that you blow up. It may be the, you know, something that you start adding to that. First of all, they're already too far out of the Wembenyana sweepstakes. And meanwhile, in Utah, you know, there is a little bit of hope. I think if you're a Lakers fan, that perhaps some of those players could become available. If only, you know, Mike Conley uh, is in rumors with the Clippers, for example. Um, But it's still not guaranteed that they're going to blow that thing up either uh, because they don't get good, offers for some of these players that they have they don't need to really do anything they've got such a nice package of stuff that has come to them from the uh from the Mitchell deal and the and the Gobert deal so 
it is a great, like you said, it's just a great uh, example of how stuff doesn't always play out the way that you think it's going to. Yeah, and then you combine that with the fact that the Lakers are just in a weird position right now where they have competed really well, all things considered, without Anthony Davis. Like you, mm-hmm. you cannot have reasonably expected them to do this well without, you know, a guy that, if, if nothing else, for a big a chunk of the season was their best player playing at an MVP level. No Austin Reeves for this period. No Lonnie Walker for this period. LeBron has missed a couple games. Uh, you know, they've they've had problems. They've done about as well as you possibly can, and they are still in, if nothing else, that playoff hunt. But it's difficult to figure out, mm-hmm. and I know we're going to talk about this over the course of the show, exactly what the best course of action is for this season. You know, if you're thinking about next season and if a move can be made this season that's as much about next season, different scenario. Right. But if you're thinking specifically about this season, not knowing when AD is going to be back, much less how he will look, how much he can play, is he on a minutes limit, whatever, pretty close to the deadline, that that creates a lot of stuff that, to be fair to this front office, you know, I'm not sure that I would be look. I not even not sure. I definitely would not be looking at this as a this season only problem. Well, I- Let's let's talk about that because the Lakers are nine and eight. Like you said, they're 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 hanging in there without Anthony Davis. Nine and eight in the seventeen games that he's missed since the injury. Um, Sham Sharani reporting that the Lakers hope that he might be back for a handful of games. Again, whose hands are we talking about here? Uh, before the All Star break, which means it's you're talking at least in you know close to another month, you know two to three weeks at least before. Uh, Davis is playing again. Well, he said February. And, <laughs> February is another eight games, I believe. Right. And so, but like if you're talking about before the All-Star game, well, then you, like you said, it, it, it pushes you let's, into February. Right, let's go again, rosiest. Let's go rosiest prognostication based off what Sham said as a possibility. First game in February, I believe, is eight games from now. So... To the point you're making, a couple things that I think are that stick out about what you're saying here. The first is I don't think you can make a trade that you see as impact, like genuinely impactful for this year, that doesn't set up your team for next year. And we'll talk about that. But the other thing is, and you 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 talk about it with Anthony Davis and not knowing when he's coming back. Anthony Davis is at the core of every conundrum that the Lakers face about everything. And so we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Rocket Money. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? If so, you are not alone because 80% of people out there have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. Maybe it's just an unused Amazon Prime account or a double Hulu account in your family. And it's easy to lose track of all this. So that's why I use a great app that helps me just keep it all in line. And because of that, I don't waste money on subscriptions that I'm not using. You might have heard of it. It used to be known as Truebill. It's now called Rocket Money. The app shows you your subscriptions all in one place and cancels what you don't want. And Rocket Money can even find subscriptions that you've forgotten that you were paying for or signed up for in the first place. And to cancel a subscription, all you got to do is just press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, this could save you hundreds of dollars 
per year. Again, rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Um, interesting, uh, before we get to these questions, uh, the other thing that I think hamstrings the Lakers a little bit, and this is a, an opinion of mine that I think some people share and some people don't. Um, people, you know, it's that time of year thrown around on Twitter at Cam Brothers, all kinds of different trade machine things and whatever. Um, and one of our uh, longtime Twitter followers, Laker Tom, uh, made a point about the value of the uh, the Lakers picks. And he says, you know, Lakers unprotected picks are worth more than unprotected picks offered by other teams uh, and worth, you know, and, and, and all these other things. He's, he's talking about the value of these picks. He points out the post Kobe picks were number two and number two uh, for Lonzo and, and Ingram. Um, yeah. Lonzo and Ingram. Uh, and that the Lakers picks after LeBron and AD have similar potential. Um, so, I do think there is a school of thought that says that, but I also think that those picks, even for 27 and especially for 29 are so far out that while they could have a ton of value, um, it is really difficult to, to assign them high end value now because the Lakers could have, the Lakers could suck for the next two years and start to rebuild it by 2027 or 2029. And that's another thing. This is a place where I think the Lakers may have made a mistake or or uh, are finding out the market isn't quite playing out what they want. They know these are the only real assets that they have beyond an expiring contract here and there. And I think they they're 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 disappointed in what the market is is uh, is is exposing for those two picks. I just well, don't I think, think I don't think they're as valuable as the Lakers hope they would be. Well, I think they have value, but I think the biggest problem for the Lakers is they are more valuable for the Lakers because of their limited assets and therefore the limited assets that they have full control over mm -hmm. right now to make a deal. It's always important to let this be known because there has been some misunderstanding slash misinformation out there. It's not that the Lakers only have the 2027 and 2029 between now and 2030. It's that this is what they fully control they right keep, now yes, to make good deals. But because of that, because they are so limited in what they control right now, they have to be pickier than they otherwise might be. And, you know, some of this is contextual. It's It's easier to say, screw it, let's throw caution to the wind. If you feel like you are really one step away, so mm -hmm. let's just push all in. The Lakers are currently not just that one step away, even if, like you and I both feel, they are better than their record if everybody's there. There's still a pretty big gap between this and one move away. Right. Memphis, so that makes it Denver, you know, those yeah, kinds of teams. It just makes it so the Lakers have to be more cautious and covet these picks more so than other teams might be with theirs. Yeah, and I think it I think it exposes them to the sort of magical thinking that, you know, something some miracle is going to fall into their lap. But like the other problem for them too is the market has been set in ways that makes it hard. Like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, like that was a haul <laughs> Utah got from Cleveland. It's working out, you know, it was a good trade for everybody and Donovan Mitchell is balling in Cleveland. Um but, you know, the Gobert thing, like, again, Utah got a haul for that. And so the expectation. What Atlanta did with DeJounte Murray. It's not DeJounte Murray's fault, but that is not working out well. No, but they still all. got a lot of stuff. 
no, but I, I mean, from Atlanta's side of it. Sure, 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 sure. And so, like you know, the 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 expectation in the market. If in that, it just about, so I clarify myself, so it can become a bit of a cautionary tale to other teams. Right, for sure. Um, like, do you get? Do you trade the star? How much do we? Like, also too, like you know, what are you asking for? Two first round picks for like the kind of really consequential player that is always seems to be attached to the Lakers is not going to get you where you want to go. Um, so that's another thing that works against the Lakers. But um, your big point here, Andy, that you were making is that Anthony Davis himself is both the solution to and the cause of <laughs> the Lakers problems uh, right now. Uh, he is all of those things. He's like what he's like. He's like. The way Homer Simpson described yes. alcohol, uh -huh. <laughs> the, the cause of and the solution to all of life's problems, and so, like they can't get better until he comes back, but they but they can't ever count on him coming back. They can't really trade him because everybody else has the same concerns that the Lakers have about his health. But also, too, if you trade him, where the hell are you going to find somebody better than Anthony Davis? It's like he is the problem and the solution all at once. Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. I, I've heard a, some building conventional wisdom that the three star model is out of date, and it's better to have two stars and, and superior depth. And whether you agree or disagree with that, for the Lakers, Anthony Davis being in that equation muddies the whole waters because he's never available as your as one of your two stars which maybe you could get by if your other star wasn't 38 years old in his 20th season. Like you are supposed to be in a perfect, sensible world, having AD available at all times and LeBron sometimes being the one that is either unavailable or you're picking your spots with him. Right. You, so would, it also you would like the younger player to be the one that that well, kind of carries the water here. That's the way the whole aging process is supposed <laughs> to work. You're not supposed to become more durable as you get older. Like, you know, otherwise Carl Malone would never be out of this league. It's it's to be playing forever. I I have um the other problem here though is the Lakers aren't built on a two-star model. They're built on a three-star model. A two-star team is the type that they sort of gone you know, star A, star B, and, you know, whether that's, you know, Giannis and Middleton, if you, you know, he's an all-star, you know, good play. And then a lot of depth or it's Kyrie and, and See, Durant I, uh, with get it. Into that. I think people, I think people downplay some of the depth when you're talking about like, it's a two-star model in Boston. Well, yeah, you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but you've also got Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, and when the latter's healthy, you've got two guys in the conversation that's my, for that's defensive my player point. of the year. That's my point, is the two-star Drew Holiday is like an all-defense guard and borderline all-star. That's my point, is when you have two of these guys, generally the teams that have two also have a couple other players or one Giannis and three, you know, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, who could win DPOY, and Bobby um, Portis could be Bobby Portis is a in luxury a, as like your fifth option, right? In fourth a, or in fifth a, option, a, yes. And like, or it's Kyrie and um, you know, Durant. Kyrie and 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 Durant with this weird Ben Simmons thing, but also pretty good depth. 
behind that as well. There are a lot, you know, Denver's got a lot of good players on their team. The Lakers are built in a different model, which is if you have three superstars, the rest of the team doesn't need to be that good, except they don't have three superstars. Even if everybody's healthy, they don't have three superstars. They have two superstars and Russell Westbrook. And I realize it's going to make the re- the Westbrook people who are still angry with us and leaving comments on the YouTube page more upset. But the, the, the evidence that Russell Westbrook is a superstar, a foundational superstar around which you like base your model so that you don't you can get by with minimum veterans players, veterans minimum players. He has he's not that guy. And no, so he, the Lakers screw that up twice because I a I don't like the model. B, if you're going to have the model, you need to have three superstars. C, if you're going to have that model, you need to have three superstars who can stay on the floor and Anthony Davis isn't there. Right. I was going to say because in the Lakers case, you know, and again, just so people understand, Russ has definitely been better this year. He's during this period where they've stayed afloat and 500-ish you know, a game above 500 without Anthony Davis, Russ has been critical with that. Like they, this does not happen without Russell Westbrook playing the way he has full stop, acknowledging the final possession against Philadelphia, like all of that. He's not a superstar. He's not, he's not, he's, he is, you know, his go through his analytics and all this. They're, they're good. It's an improvement over last year. It's all that stuff. He is not on the level of an all-star of a, of an all NBA player of that's, that's, the problem. Yes, but and and there's the the fit issues. You, it's still not going to be awkward to some degree. But even acknowledging all that, you can turn around and say that the problem isn't the three star model. It's that the Lakers chose the wrong third star. Yes, but they'd but they'd still be dealing with this mm-hmm. basic conundrum with AD because, like for example, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, he's been connected to the Lakers in rumors all year. Is Boyan Bogdanovich good enough to be your second star if AD is out for an extended period? Because at this point, that's just what you have to count on by now. And LeBron is 38, still playing miraculously for a 38-year-old, but he is nonetheless 38 with 20 years worth of heavy mileage. Like when when I hear people... that is at best an open question. What I was putting out there with Boyan Bogdanovich, like he's it's a good player. I don't know if he's at that level, but but I hear people all the time say that the Lakers had this formula that they won a 2020 championship, which was LeBron and AD surrounded by great role players, and they deconstructed the team from that, which is literally true. And there have been mistakes. With that, I think contextually there are things that are defensible, like coming off the 2020 season, it was too quick of a turnaround. I don't think you could run Mm -hmm. that team back. But more importantly, that formula has shown, regardless of what the Lakers do, it doesn't work anymore because AD is not healthy. Like, and the one the one year it did work was the year that they had three and a half months off because of pandemic. Yeah, okay. I, I, got a, I got a couple of responses to that. Um, and then we got to do a quick shout out to, uh, by the way, big game tonight against Sacramento. Big game tonight against Sacramento. We're not even getting a really chance to talk about, but just everyone yes. knows. Big game against Sacramento. So we'll get to that, uh, what you're talking about here with, with AD next. 
Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting, info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football. Got the playoffs going on right now. NBA, NHL, tennis, even esports. They got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which of course you do, you are listening to one right now. You did not land here on accident. You can find those at Bet Online as well. They got content over at Bet Online. Find always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So uh, before we get dive back into this uh, AD stuff um, and uh, the construction of the team and all these these things, we did want to acknowledge. We didn't get to it yesterday. The um, the play of Wenyan Gabriel. We actually texted each other. There was a moment when Gabriel picked up his fifth foul um, in the second half of the game uh, against the Rockets, and we both kind of were laughing because a they, they took him out of the game to keep him from falling out, um, but also we both noted that um, the, this this fifth foul came in like his twenty fourth minute of play as opposed to his fourth minute play <laughs> um and all of these point to tremendous improvement that gabriel has made and while bryant has been great um i think his defensive shortcomings are starting to get exposed a little bit depending on the matchup especially um gabriel is worth noting as a guy who has genuinely stepped up and really improved uh his game year over year particularly his ability to stay on the floor yeah, I mean, he's known as an effort and energy guy, which he is, and that is commendable because good things really legitimately happen as a result of his energy and effort. But guys who get labeled that way, like we we got to know Roni Turioff really well while covering him, and Roni was labeled an energy guy, and it made sense, but they can sometimes chafe against that label because – there's an undercurrent of they don't do anything except just run around like a right and try real hard. chicken. Yeah, like try hard. And Roni had skill. And Wenyan Gabriel has really developed skills. Like we've saw that in the game against Houston, like all the and ones that he was able to create himself. And, you know, I, I, I checked it out over the last 15 games. He leads the team in offensive rebounds per 36, 4.1. Like that's really well like of anybody who's been playing like even thomas bryant who went through a period of feasting on offensive rebounds gabriel's got him beat by a rebound and change um you see the improvement with passing just his general decision making he's he's really quick like he makes quick decisions and he's got the athleticism to do it the other thing too that's worth noting he's got the best net rating on the team for this season 4.3 over the last 15 games, basically the time AD's been out, he's third behind LeBron and Russ. And in certain respects, it's not apples to apples because they're very different players, but he's become very similar to the stuff that Austin Reeves rightly gets praised for. And I think it's worth talking about and praising Wenyan Gabriel for providing a lot of that just good things happen when he's on the floor notice because mm -hmm. he's been he's been doing that really all year and like you said the improvement is really dramatic yeah and because it's a couple things i mean it, it, he showed signs of doing some of this last year um 
not, I think, you know, a little more skillful inside, a little more confident, I think, inside yes. looking for his own offense. Um, moves well without the ball and takes advantage of Westbrook, moves well without the ball, takes advantage of LeBron. All of that stuff is true. Obviously, the effort matters in the putbacks, but just more confident, I think, in calling his own number when he gets an offensive rebounder, establishing low post position, rolling hard to the basket, things like that. But then again, so much of like the good stuff was it was like, oh wow, he's he's got four offensive rebounds and three buckets in eight minutes. He's also got four fouls. Um, and so the ability to not do that, <laughs> stay on the floor, uh, you combine those things. And it is the reason why Wenyan Gabriel is the newest member of my fantasy basketball team. And he has, this may be Wenyan Gabriel's best opportunity for a ring this season because we are performing very well on my team. And uh, He's, so kudos to Wenyan. He is also by all accounts and, you know, our interactions with him. He's a really bright guy, really good guy. Like mm -hmm. he has really worked to carve out a position for himself. I remember it was really funny uh, on media day afterwards, you know, the Lakers had like a couple food trucks out there for, for the media and like a table of sweets and you and me. And I, I think Mike Trudell who covers the team for Lakers.com, maybe someone else we were sitting and our table happened to be next to the dessert area. And Wenyan comes Not over. happened to. That was by design. <laughs> well, anyway, Wenyan comes over and he grabs like a couple cookies and he happens to notice, you know, us noticing this because we're like saying, hey, Wenyan, how you doing? And he's like very sheepishly noting that, you know, he's going to be, you know, working out after this, going to be playing basketball. Like, Wenyan, it's fine. But yeah, he <laughs> is He is supposed to be just, I mean, I don't, I can't claim to know him well, but, you know, the story is is excellent. Uh, and as a human, he is uh, supposedly, uh, by all accounts, a, a top-notch human being. So um, hopefully that continues. Um, it'll, you know, the Lakers need as many productive players as possible, um, and this could be a, a good find I mean, for them. You know, keep I them did, around. I, I thought it made sense to, you know, retain him for this year just because you know he did, he did enough well, and you know, if nothing else, he could be a break glass guy. You know, in case of emergency, he now looks like a legit rotation player. Oh yeah, he's playing, and you know it gives it gives Darvin options when when Anthony Davis comes back, um, that he can go with Thomas Bryant when the when the when the matchup is right he can go with Wenyan when the matchup is right. But Bryant's defensive issues are real, uh, and yeah. and you know like Shangun really exposed some of the problems. But he's he's Bryant has always been a bad defender. He was just um, I thought know, he could be a little really better. Compensated. Uh, before we go though, I. I the, the the fundamental issue, you know, to, to just to wrap up this AD stuff, you know, you talk about whatever model you have, um, you know, it, if you have more depth, you can get by with <clears throat> with the idea that, you know, a player might miss more time. There's no question about that. The Lakers made it worse by setting up a model where they didn't. <laughs> Uh, create the type of depth that would allow Anthony Davis to miss time. And if you have Davis, you are always going to be um, just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping he's healthy at the right time. Uh, I, I don't think anybody at this point believes that he's a guy who can be relied on to play 65 to 70 games in a season, three seasons in a row. I, don't, I can't imagine why anybody would think that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the the... You know, and for some people, they'd be they'd say, "Okay, well, you got to move off and go find a different star, trade them this off season, whatever it is." 
Except you're not gonna, the problem is you, you're not going to get value for Anthony Davis's talent because everybody else has the same issues that the Lakers have in terms of thinking about who he is. And you're also not going to find anybody better. And I think that that's really ultimately where I stand with the Lakers now, which is why I would say if there's something you can do to improve this team and and give them an ability to be better, whether it's, like you say, a trade that helps this year but also helps your team for next year and creates that group, whatever it is, you're not going to find a core that's better than LeBron and AD. You can blow it up, but you don't really – you're blowing it up from a position of total weakness. Right, but, and, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, you may just recognize better to blow it up from a place of disadvantage <clears throat> than blow it up later from a place of worse disadvantage. Like That may be. This, this sure. could be the best uh, there, I'm is. not saying there's no, there's always a potential downside to it, but I, I just – I've come to – my resting place on this is I've come to the place of – I don't love the LeBron AD combination. I think the Lakers have horribly mismanaged what they're doing. I don't trust them to build it back up anyway. So you might as well cross your fingers and try to get as much out of this combination as you can because those two guys, Andy, still obviously, when they're available, are really, really good. Yes, they are. And so that's that's sort of where I come down. But again, Anthony Davis is the problem and the solution to every problem the Lakers have. Uh We'll see what happens on Wednesday night. If the Lakers could steal this one against Sacramento at home, uh, it would be a huge, huge win um, as the difficult January continues before a really difficult road trip begins at the end of the month. So they got to keep piling up those wins. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show, uh, and we will see everybody on Thursday.